All The More podcast, where we are continually searching out scriptural truths all the more. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Levi Moore, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother, Aaron Moore. Each week, we look into God's Word and see what He has for us. So, let's go ahead and dive on into His Word and see what He has this week. Welcome back to the All The More Podcast, guys. This week, we're going to be looking at uh, going from faithful rags to riches with, with Joseph, uh, you know, uh, Jacob's, uh, Jacob's son, Joseph. He, uh, you know, he was the, the guy that ended up bringing, um, bringing his family down to Egypt and, and, and saving uh, you know, Jacob and his family from, from, uh, from starvation during a famine in the land of Canaan. And then, you know, as a result, uh, you know, the, you know, uh, Jacob's family, a.k.a. the Israelites, they ended up, well, they ended up staying down there in, in, in Egypt for, for a few hundred years and becoming slaves themselves and but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day but um anyhow uh, you know Joseph play, you know, played a key role in and in, in, in God's plan uh, plan for for you know, bringing about the salvation uh, of of the world so uh, but without further ado let's uh, welcome Aaron Moore back to the podcast hello Aaron mm, how's it going yeah, hey, uh, so uh, we're yeah, Aaron and I are glad glad to be here. We're um, yeah, th- 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 uh, th- you know, th- this week we're we're, we're really going to be looking at uh, you know, mainly uh, you know uh, you know Joseph's um, his time as a slave, uh, and then you know, when he goes from being in those faithful rags to being God uh, being the, the the second in command, pretty much in in, in all of uh, all of Egypt. Uh, so he went from faithful rags to riches. Um, so uh, anyhow. Um, we're going to be in Genesis 39 this week, so uh, let, let's go ahead and, uh, and, and kind of, kind of uh, get, get some some backstory before we look in in in, uh, in, in chapter 39. So you know Joseph, uh, as I already said, he was you know the, you know the the uh, um, you know one one of Jacob's sons. Um, he was one of the two sons uh, that 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 Rachel uh, you know produced for him. Um, all the other sons came from came from Leah. Uh, and re- you remember too that you know, Rachel was the the wife that the Abraham lo- or that Abraham that, that Jacob uh, you know loved more so than Leah because you know she was the one he had originally chosen but you know Laban decided to to swindle him into having both his daughters so anyways uh, so so you know, jo- Joseph was one of the, was one of two of Rachel's sons and uh, anyhow you know God blessed him and uh, and that he enabled J- uh, Joseph to be able to interpret dreams. Um, and so, uh, and, 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 you know, because of, of this dream ability or dream interpretation ability and, and because Joseph was one of Rachel's sons, you know, Jacob, uh, you know, kind of doted on him and you know, he was kind of like the favorite child, you know, I guess you could say. And so, you know, he, you know of course we, we all know about the, the, the coat of many colors that, that Jacob gave to, to Joseph and, uh, uh, you know, Joseph may not have gone about it the right way, but he kind of may have rubbed it in his brother's faces a little bit, whether intentionally or not. But, uh, and so his brothers retaliated and, and basically faked Joseph's death sold him into slavery and that's that's kind of where where we start off now here in chapter 39 um you know, uh, joseph is is now enslaved and he's working for a guy named potiphar um who happens to be a uh, one of the one of the uh uh aristocrats uh, of of egypt at that time so um 
So starting in, in chapter 39, uh, r- real quick, let's, let's kind of look, look, look through that and then I'll, uh, th- then we can kind of discuss it a little bit. So starting verse one, it says, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him and he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern. I'll pause there for a moment. Uh, Notice how, how, you know, God decided to bless those around Joseph for Joseph's sake. Uh, What, uh, what, what? What do you think think about that, Aaron? Well, I was thinking about just the fact that, like we talked about many times before, is that it was obvious that the Lord was with him. You know, even the the uh, Egyptians, you know, here Potiphar, you know, he didn't know he didn't he wasn't a believer in God, but he could he could clearly see that something was different about him. And it says here that they could see that the Lord was was with him is what it actually says. So uh, I mean, that's talking about you know the best one of the uh, beginning first step in your witness and everything to other people is simply acting Christianly. And, and the fact that you know if if people have to guess if you're a Christian or not, there's a good chance that if you are a Christian, you're you're failing terribly at it, or you're not a Christian at all because it's one of those things that um, you simply exude Christianness. Um, you know, or, or you, you you should anyway. But I mean, you could, Joseph clearly did here because people who didn't know God understood that God was with them or weren't believers in, and that his God anyway, you know. You know, that, that was one of my um, one of my uh, uh, 11th grade English teacher's favorite words, exude. You know, he, he always you know, described it as or defined it as oozing, like, you know, seeing something oozing out of out of something else like this, this, this slime oozing out of a out of uh, some object. And and so you know whenever we said that you know, I, I I just had this mental image of of, of Christ oozing out of us. <laughs> well, I just had another mental image about oozing. When I think of oozing, I think of uh, like fakeness. Oh, and when I say to live Christianly, well, yeah, I know what you, I know what you're saying. I get exactly what you're saying, but I just want to clarify: living Christianly doesn't mean to be like doesn't mean you have to be fake, happy, go lucky all the time. Right. Doesn't mean you have to act like you know everything's just dandy all the time because 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 it, it's not. You know, don't be fake, but simply uh, like. You know, the greatest commandment is to love your God with all of your heart, your soul, and with all your might. And secondly, is to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, to live Christianly is to love your neighbor and to, um, you know, be willing to help people in need. You know, Jesus tells has told his disciples plenty of times, you know, to help the, you know, Jesus helped the sick and the needy. You know, he always met the the uh, physical need first, and then he would meet the spiritual need. And, uh, you know, it's clearly biblically taught to, you know, help widow women and orphans and, you know, help people in need. And, uh, and so that's what I mean by live Christianly. Don't be fake and don't be, you know, because I can't stand fake Christian acting. You know, just, just you know, do those, you know, be real about it, you know, anyway. Well, and, and, and yeah, I, I think that that's something that we, that we fight with uh, or we struggle with a lot today, especially in the West, in America, um, you know, in the Western Hemisphere. We, we, we are the Western world, I should say. Um, we 
uh, struggle with, with, with what's uh, in some circles with what is called uh, you know, cultural Christianity. Um, you know, right. you know, cultural Christianity, for those of you that don't know, is, is basically you know, people that, that call themselves Christians, but and, and so they're Christians in name only, but they're not actually Christians. They're, they've never actually, you know, uh, you know, ask you know, for ask God for forgiveness and accepted Christ's sacrifice for them. They've never you know, made Him their his, you know their Lord. You know, and so uh, you know you know you, um, you know cultural Christians they view you know, church attendance as the means of salvation or your goodness as the means of salvation rather than viewing Christ's act once and for all as the as the means of salvation and 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 our our uh you know, our faith in christ you know him him giving us grace through that um you know, th- you know that, that that's what cultural christianity is, is 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 where you know someone believes that since i go to church every week regardless of whether i actually believe in it or not you know i'm saved because of that um that's cultural christianity i mean you know, you know that 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 train of logic is the same as you know saying that you know because i i sit in a garage all day i'm a mechanic or because I sit in a car, in a garage all day, I'm a car. I mean, neither neither of those is true. You know, I, I could yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I certainly would not be a car for sitting in a garage all day. The closest thing I'd be would be a mechanic, and I'm certainly no mechanic. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's 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 you know, uh, you, you have to you know, we as Christians, we have to be true disciples because uh, you know, we have to you know, follow after Jesus daily, denying ourselves daily and following after him because we oftentimes will be the only Jesus that the lost world ever sees. And uh, and and you know, that's that's really what what Joseph did here and and the in the next few verses. Um, you know, here uh, continuing on in verse six, it says, you know, now Joseph, uh, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and after after a time, his master's wife, that is Potiphar's wife, cast her eye on Joseph and said, "Lie with me." But he refused and said to his master's wife, "Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is no, he is not greater um, in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except yourself, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God?" And as she as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as, as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of, the, of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she said, or excuse me, then, then she laid up his garment by, by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to, laugh at, to, came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside. And so as this whole thing happened, you know, um, you know, Joseph, Joseph was the, was the, 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 the best example of, you know, of what it meant to be a, a, a humble servant. He was the best, the best person that Potiphar might ever meet. Um, not that being good has anything to do with, with our salvation. Uh, but you know, he was being obedient to God, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and, trying to avoid sin um and to not partake in it 
And so, uh, you know, but, but, you know, Potiphar's wife, you notice it says here, um, you know, in verse 10 of chapter 39, and she spoke to Joseph day after day. I mean, we have to die to ourselves daily. We have to deny ourselves daily because how often does the world tempt us, but daily, um, and so, you know, that, 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 that's, that's you know, really what, what it comes down to. We have to be faithful, you know, in our rags just as often as we are faithful in our riches. Um, and at this point, you know, I mean, he, uh, Joseph was being blessed. You know, he was he was being given, you know, sh- shown favor, you know, with and, and everything he he was he was doing. But you know, Potiphar's wife decided she wanted to um, you know to have him, but he didn't want to do that. So he he ran, and and that's another thing, uh, which uh, I, I'll say this, and I'll pass it off to you, Aaron. But um, notice though that uh, where is it here in verse uh, verse twelve. Uh, you know, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me, but he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. You know, it, you know as soon as, as he had gotten in the grasp, you know, he was, you know, he thought that, man, not, you know, I, I am surely about to be pulled into something I don't want to be in. You know, he didn't give in to the temptation. He ran, turned and fled from it and got out of the house altogether, which is what we should do. Um, you know, what, uh, what, what do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I would say the same thing. I mean, you have to, uh, it's hard to turn from sin. It's hard to uh, run from temptation, but you ha- but you can't just uh, turn and kind of meander and, you know, look back and then keep kind of keep walking forward a little bit more. I mean, you have to force yourself. You just got to haul tail. I mean, you can't, you can't wait around. And, um, and uh, it's also kind of like Lot and his wife, you know, we talked about earlier. You know, God, when they were in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, they're, they're, God told them to, to leave and to not look back and to keep going. And uh, Lot's wife turned back and, and looked and look back and uh, disobeyed God. She was, she was turned to a pillar of salt. And you know, sometimes even something like that is, is tempting. I mean, it's almost always, it's, well, actually, it is always easier to do the wrong thing than the right thing. I mean, that's, that's obvious. And uh, especially with sin, sin is always, at least for the moment, going to be more fun or easier, or more or more pleasing or whatever. But um, you know, and we all know this because we're all sinners, and uh, we're all tempted daily, like Levi said. But 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 you can't you can't play around. You can't play around with, with sin and temptation. You got to to um, you just got to halt tail. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we we've got to be uh, we've got to be the ones that you know turn away from it because you you hear <clears throat> and 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 this and this passage you know, uh, that you know, that that there's a passage. And, and Romans that talks about how um, you know we are uh, we we are you know are, are slaves to sin, um, but because of what Christ did, when we place place our faith in Christ, we um, you know the law which increased the trespass is then fulfilled, and so grace abounds all the more. You know, you know that's kind of where the name of this podcast came from was you know that grace abounds all the more because of you know when we you know because when we place our faith in Christ, he you know the law is fulfilled, and then we are counted as righteous. We are then set free from the rule of sin, and we are then made slaves to righteousness. That is, slaves to Christ, um, and so. As slaves to that righteousness, in this case, you know Joseph is as a as a a shining example of what it was to be a slave of righteousness. He was submitted to God and he was trying to honor God, whereas Potiphar's wife was a slave to sin. She 
the only option she had because she was a slave to sin was to sin was to you know want to do the bad things um but uh you know she 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 you know she uh excuse me uh, not she he joseph he you know being a slave to righteousness he being the you know, wanted to honor god he chose to do the right thing and flee from that sin um I, I believe you know. Uh, P- uh, Paul also tells us that uh, you know, no, um, no matter what situ- situation or, t- or temptation we're in, you know, God always gives us, uh, um, pr- provides, uh, uh, essentially provides a method of escape or a route of escape. Uh, I can't remember if that was Paul or it was James, but it's one of the two. Um, but uh, anyhow, you know, the, the you know, here, here we are, uh, you know. Joseph does the right thing and gets away from it and, and doesn't and doesn't involve himself. But even though he did the right thing, he still, you know, got the, the, the bad end of the deal. Um, or well, what from a worldly perspective was the bad end of the deal. So if we, if we look at verse 19, it says, as soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the, of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever was done there was done, or he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. So he got thrown in jail for doing the right thing. And then what happens when he's in jail? God continues to bless him. You know, God continues to, 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 to show him favor. Um, you know, directly and also through you know, indirectly through the other people. You know, it's like for the for instance through the keeper of the jail. Uh, and I mean you know, it, 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 you know there, there are some people out there that that um you know it, it's it's almost like you watch them go through life and they hardly have to try. You know it's like everything they do works the first time through, and it's like man, I wish I was like that. Uh, but like you know that that's kind of how Joseph was. But but it wasn't because of anything within himself. It was only because God showed him favor. Uh, you know because he was he was uh you know obedient to God. You know God showed him favor. Now. I don't. I don't want to be mis- misunderstood. Just because you are obedient to God does not guarantee that you will be shown this kind of favor to where everything works out for you. Um, that that that's just not that's not the case. But yeah, I just like to say this is a well. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. You know, this is a common case if you look at it from another way of, you know, uh, you may have thought these things or heard other people think these things. I believe I was saying, you know, there's going to be times when you look around and, you know, the people who are doing the bad thing seem to always get ahead. And you're over here trying as hard as you can to do the right thing. And, you know, in your own, like just say in your own life, you know, you, you work hard, you go to work every day, you, you pay all your bills on time, you don't hurt nobody, you try to, you know, live a Christian life and all these other things. But meanwhile, there's crooks and, and uh, you know, bad people out there who do bad things and they always seem to to get ahead and uh in some instances despite the fact that you try as hard as you can to to be righteous and to be you know responsible and all those other things you seem to get um you know you seem to get crushed or you get you know always told no or life doesn't seem to go your way and um something that's is, is important to remember is you know as, as humans you know we all know this because we're all humans we're all sinners but you know with our finite minds 
you know, God clearly has a, pan, a plan and we can, you know, open the Bible and see the whole plan for Joseph's life. You know, you know, he couldn't have. And um, we may be, I may be jumping a little bit ahead, but, you know, a lot of conservative uh, biblical scholars look at this passage and they say the time that Joseph could have spent in prison could have been up to 10 to 15 years. Yeah. I mean, in the Bible, you know, everything is, you know, a couple of verses and then the next thing happens. So we assume it wasn't that long. But, you know, Joseph could have been in prison for 10 to 15 years. And, and just imagine your own self, you know, would you have the same attitude if you did the right thing? You got to put in prison for 10, 15 years. Would you have the faith? Would you have the strength to continue to praise God the whole time? And I mean, surely, you know, the Bible doesn't say that Joseph never had any doubts or never got depressed or whatever. But, you know, he clearly was seeking God and um, and God continued to bless him. So we got to remember that, you know, assuming like I've said this before in the podcast, you know, if we're in prayer and we're seeking God, wherever you are is where God wants you to be. And uh, and this is uh, another parallel to this fast right here is you know, the book of Job. Uh, you know, the whole the whole book of Job is about a righteous man who's done everything perfectly, yet he still, you know, he still suffers. And it's important to understand that as Christians to believe and to be a disciple is to suffer, because oftentimes in our Christian walk, despite the fact that we are righteous, despite the fact or we're, none of us are righteous on our own, our own ability. But despite the fact that we try to be righteous, you know, there's still going to be there's going to be affliction. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be suffering. And, um, you know, like Job, he cried out to God and, and asked why God, you know, why are you doing this to me? And, and then, you know, he got to the point where, you know, he's like, even though when I crowd it, you keep making it worse, you know, why is this thing happening to me? And then finally God's response at the end of the book of Job, you know, God asked Job, he says, well, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? And Job said, no. And God says, well, are you able to make a meek man humble? I mean, a, a proud man humble. And Job says, no. And and all these other things, you know, and then God finally gave him the answer, you know, why am I suffering despite your righteousness? God told him, he says, Job, he says, if you don't understand any of those things, you how how would you understand why you're being, why I'm allowing you to suffer now? And then Job had the attitude, he repented from his, you know, shaking his fist at God and asking why to, he understood that that answer was sufficient in God's grace and God's goodness was sufficient enough reason for him to move on. And, you know, in Job, you see that despite all that suffering, you know, God uh, multiplied his blessings later because of repentance in his heart. And you can see the same uh, general thing here with, with Joseph. You know, we'll see in a minute, you know, he goes from the top to the bottom and, you know, spoiler alert, he's going to get back to the top. And uh, it's all because of his faithfulness. And, you know, so anyway, to believe is to suffer. And, you know, even though it's painting a pretty picture, you know, that Joseph is still in charge and all this other stuff. But even though he's in charge, remember, he's still in prison. And, uh, you know, this this is a great testament, like I say, about all these people. And these people, they're written down in Hebrews 11 because of their faith. And um, I don't know if I would have enough faith, enough strength to be like Joseph and, you know, all the time. But, I, you know, I hope I would. And, and we should all strive to be that way. But anyway, you go ahead. You know, and, and, and you're talking about, um, you know, wherever wherever you are, that's where God wants you to be. You know, even if you make the worst decision on the face of the planet, God can still use that terrible decision for his own good. Because you know, it tells us in Romans eight twenty eight. you know, I, I've said this passage a bazillion times, but, you know, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, God knows, you know, God knows the outcome of whatever choice we make. Um, and so God and his infinite wisdom and his infinite power is able to orchestrate things around our choices. For instance, um, you know, I, you know, we, we, we mentioned this, you know, I don't know, way back, you know, towards the start of the podcast, but, or towards the, like the, the, the whole start of this thing, you, you know, probably 10 episodes ago, but 
whenever Abraham um, and family were, were, were leaving Ur of the Chaldeans and going to the land of Canaan, had they gone all the way and actually come to Canaan when they were supposed to have come to Canaan, the land would have been ripe for the picking. There would have been nobody there. They would have been able to settle down, have you know, and like you have their cake and eat it too. But they didn't follow through. They stopped, you know, sh- you know shy of the mark, and then they had to had to you'd pay the consequences. So when they finally did get to Canaan, you know, the land of Canaan was occupied, and so then they had to you know, go wandering around for you know, for a while. You know, went down to you know, to Gerar to Abimelech, and 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 had to deal with all these other, other all these other problems. They went down to Egypt for a little bit and had to deal with problems, and and uh, um and, and and so you know here we are again with them coming back down to back down to Egypt, or well with Joseph, and later he'll bring his his family back down to Egypt and then you know because they never followed through to begin with you know they, they end up spending you know 400 some odd years in Egypt however uh, you know all, and all that stemmed from the very first decision of Abraham and or really Tara you know Abraham's father and Abraham's family not going going the whole way that God told them to go but and here's the bit here's the but even though they made that one wrong choice or they decided to not follow through all the way with what God told them to do God could still work out his plan it took a little longer because of of their choices but God worked out his plan and orchestrated it so that when whenever they came out of Egypt they went to the promised land conquered it and it was theirs because you know when they when they came through the Red Sea there were millions of them um, that is a massive number of people okay and these people came in to the promised land and you know they, they had to have that number so they could conquer it because I mean there were Tons of people there too. So you know, God was able to use their terrible choice or the the the, the bad choice of, of of the predecessors. You know, He was able to use that for His own good. You know, to fulfill His purposes. So anyhow, you know, all that say wherever you know, whatever choice you make, God can use it. Um, so rather than you know, thinking about am I making the right choice, think more along the lines of is this what God wants me to do? And you know, it, you. Know, that's that, that that that's that's where you should focus your attention more on. Um, but you know, anyhow, you know, while 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 Joseph you know, is here in prison, something happens aside from him being put in charge essentially of the prison. Uh, two of Pharaoh's officers, the baker and the cupbearer, um, they do something, and so the you know, the you know, Pharaoh throws them in prison. He got mad at him for whatever reason and chunked them in prison. And so you know, th- 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 this is where the where the the you know, the thought fl- the the plot thickens. Uh, starting in, in, in verse five, you know, this is talking about, of chapter forty. This is talking about the cupbearer and the and the and the the baker. Uh, and one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, uh, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each each dream was its own interpretation. When jo- Joseph came to them in the in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked the pharaohs, or he asked pharaohs officers who were with him in custody and in, in his master's house, why are your faces downcast? today. They said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. And so anyways, you know, the, the, the cupbearer and the baker proceed to tell Joseph uh, of their dreams. And, and, and so Joseph is able to, of course, interpret them because, well, God had shown favor to him and had, had enabled this ability. Um, and so um, here it is in, in uh, verse 16. Um, 
excuse me, let me let me back up, not sixteen. Um, in, in, in verse nine, uh, it says, uh, "So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, yeah, in my dream there uh, there was a vine before me, and the vine uh, and the vine there uh, were three branches. As soon as it was budded, it, its blossoms shot forth, and the and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into the cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, "This is its interpretation: the three branches are three days, and three days." Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place your uh, place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as as formerly when you were the cupbearer. Only remember me when when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. So get me out. Uh, so uh, and so get me out of this house. Um, for I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me in, into the pit. And then verse 16, you know, when the chief baker saw the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. And so he tells him his, his, his dream. And in verse 18, Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation. The three baskets are the three are three days, and three days Pharaoh will lift up your head uh, from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, when which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all this all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among the servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position and placed the cup into the Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker uh, as as uh, as Joseph had interpreted interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. So. Um, you know, here we have have again. You know, you know Joseph is has been enabled uh, supernaturally to understand dreams and to be able to interpret dreams. You know, very much like you know someone later on in Scripture. You know, the prophet Daniel was enabled to interpret dreams, um, and so you know. Uh, you know, it, it ended up being a good thing for for the for the for the cupbearer, but a, and a bad thing for the for the uh, for the baker. Um, but you notice that you know the 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 uh, cupbearer, you know, he was supposed to mention Joseph to the Pharaoh, but he didn't. He kind of forgot. Um, so, anyways, after uh, after a while passes, you know, two years to be exact, Pharaoh had a dream, and um, you know, and, and then the cupbearer was like, "Oh yeah, there was this one guy back in prison, uh, you know, back in the clink, you know, that he he was able to to interpret my dream." So let me you know remind you, let, let me let me get him come up here. So yeah, that's kind of where we are now. We're in chapter forty one. You know, so you know Joseph comes up to interpret the dream of Pharaoh, and as he interprets the dream, uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, Pharaoh, you know, take, you know, shows favor to him and brings him, uh, you know, brings him out of prison and then brings him into a, into a, a, a good position and, and the, um, in the house. So that brings us to chapter 41, starting in verse 37. Um, so, uh, this proposal, which was the proposal that, that Joseph made as far as how to avoid the famine that was going to be coming to the land, because there would be seven good years and the seven bad years. So, um, you know, Joseph came up with a plan to help store up food for the seven bad years of a famine. So it says this proposal uh, pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then 
Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it in Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he made him ride in the second chariot and they called out his name, called out before before him, bow the knee. Thus he set him uh, over all the land of Egypt. Um, I mean, you, you, man. I mean, you. God really showed some favor there. Um, what, what, what do you think, Aaron? So yeah, like I said earlier, so, you know, he went from the top to the bottom, back to the top, and um, it's, it's another, it's another chance, another example. Also, you said the Pharaoh, uh, you know, basically by Joseph being faithful and Joseph being obedient, it still, it, it also in, you know, in the process brought glory and honor to God, and and, and Pharaoh recognized the fact that the Spirit of God was with him. Uh, yeah, back back to the whole you know, idea of of exuding you know Christ um, you know b- being that that Christian person uh, and and having having a life that is genuine um, you know. When, when, when was the last time that that, that someone w- just kind of watched you and approached you and said, "God, I can see God doing something in your life"? Like, when was the last time somebody in church did that? Okay, now now that you thought about that, when was the last time someone in the world that has nothing to do with the church said that to you? Um, I, you know, I you know I I I have had had a you know, a, a few occasions where where someone in the church has, as you know, said something along those lines to me. Um, but you know, whenever, whenever, you know, I, whenever I'm at work, um, you know, like, you know, in, in the secular workforce, uh, you know, I, I, I can't go out there and, 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 and just, you know, bring up certain, t- certain topics, especially, you know, you know, when it comes to re- religion and faith, I can't bring it up with my employees, uh, you know, uh, like me initiating. But as soon as they open the door and they start asking me questions about stuff because they see how I live and how I am, man, the floodgates are open. Free and clear. So, you know, as soon as they're asking me about stuff, you know, I can I can talk to them. So that you know, the way that we live, you know, uh, uh, you know there's the the old saying, um, uh, you know, you attract more more flies with with honey than vinegar, which I think is kind of a, a, a crazy saying because in my experience, vinegar actually attracts more flies. <laughs> um, the honey might catch them better, but uh, the vinegar draws them because it smells worse. But anyways. Um, you, you've heard that saying, and so uh, you know, whenever whenever you you treat people well, you respect people for who they are, and and even if they do stupid things, you, you, if you don't treat them poorly because of the stupid things they do, but try to help them out of their stupidity or their ignorance or their foolishness, you know, and you love them, you know, as Aaron was saying earlier, you know, the, you know, the, the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. When you go through that process and love them that is when you uh, you you know, give a perfect opportunity to share the gospel because they might ask you something and you know, why are you the way that you are you know and you know I, I'm not any better than anybody else I am I am just as terrible as the next person I'm a sinner of sinners amen but, say what that's, that's not that's not an amen moment <laughs> <laughs> this is not the rag on Levi hour <laughs> Um, no, it like, but, but, but yeah, really though, I mean, you, you, we, you know, I'm a sinner, Aaron's a sinner, our father's a sinner, you know, we're all sinners together, but, and here's the, but mm-hmm. while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So when, when, when we are sinners, you know, we, as, as those who have given our lives to Christ, we have to deny ourselves and, and, and pick up our cross daily and follow after Christ so that when the opportunity comes and someone sees us denying ourselves daily and bearing our cross and doing so willingly and gladly, they can say, 
what makes them different and why don't I feel that way too? You know, not that it's all about feelings, but you know, you know, the, the Christian life, it's not always glamorous, but man, I, I, I don't know how I could go through life um, any other way. You know, I, I would be, I would be a, I don't know, I'd be lost. Well, <laughs> I'd be lost. Wow. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't know what to do. Uh, you know, cause I mean, you know, it, it, it's not just a, a religion or a, it's a relationship. You know, when I'm at, at my lowest points, Christ is there to give me that hope to show me where, where I need to be. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, that's kind of, kind of how I feel about it. What, what do you think, Aaron? Yeah. I mean, that's all I can say. All right. Well, I, <laughs> I th- thought I'd get off my soapbox for a minute and let, let you pipe in. But yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, I was we, just so blown away by your, you know, eloquent words. I was just couldn't even, I'm speechless. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm such a, a great orator. I'm trying to remember what we were even talking about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man <clears throat> this is the the uh the the, the joys of uh, of getting older no <laughs> it's also it's also 10 30 at night and i'm um you know well that that, that, is, that is true that is true it's a long it's not late, bedtime so yeah late, late, late not recording is uh is definitely good but anyhow um we we, we can go good and 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 uh you know kind of wrap, wrap this up here um i got something to say real quick okay Going back to the talk about our neighbors and everything, here's a, a challenge or a question or whatever to anybody. You know, um, talking about loving your neighbors as yourself and, you know, exuding Christ and all these other things. You know, I would almost bet to know that a lot of the people listening on this, listening tonight, probably, I hope that you even know who, who your neighbor's name is, but I know a lot of people who don't even know who their neighbors are. And another challenge is how many houses do you pass every week going to church that you have no idea the condition of their heart or their soul or their eternal well-being or anything like that? And so the challenge is, you know, to love your neighbor and to exude Christ and those other things. You know, we drive past all these houses every day to go to church. But like I say, most people have no idea is that person saved or not. And the idea, you know, that showing love to, to to your neighbor, it would be unloving. It would be unchristian. It would be actually uh, evil and wicked if you knew the gospel, you knew the good news, and you drove past someone's house, and, and, and no one ever told them, and you could have told them, but you didn't. And so a challenge to everybody, you know, know your neighbor. You know, love your neighbor, but I'm saying it's crazy how many people don't know who even lives right next door, which is terrible because everybody acts like they're too busy. They got all the stuff to do, blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing more important in your life and nothing more Christ-like in your life than to, I mean, know these people, understand their struggles, and you don't even have to go, you know, beating on the door, Bible in hand, you know, telling them to be a Christian, but, you know, simply love and, and, and try their best to take care of other people. And then while you're taking care of people and, you know, simply, you know, being friendly, then, then, and, you know, helping, you know, being neighborly, you know, helping, helping people out in time of need, then tell them, you know, when they thank you, remind them you're not doing this because you're such a great person. You're doing this because your, your Lord and your Savior told you to do it. You know, I'm doing it in his name. It's because, you know, because I've been forgiven. I want you to be forgiven as well. And um, so anyway, love your neighbor, talk to your neighbor, you know, your actual neighbor. And the Bible's talking about everybody, but, you know, a good place to start will be your actual neighbor because I guarantee you most people don't even know who their neighbor is or anything about their salvation. Yeah, because, you know, uh, especially in America today, you know, a lot of people live in live in you know, apartments. I mean, that is a perfect yeah. opportunity. I mean, you know, you live in such close proximity with one another. I you mean, got them trapped. Yeah, right. I mean, they can't go anywhere. I mean, like, because most of them are locked into a lease. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, you know, they got to stay there. 
Um, so I mean, be, be, be that good neighbor, you know, like state farm or no, excuse me. Is it state farm? My good neighbor, state farm is there. Yeah. Yeah. State farm. Be like state farm. Uh, you know, be a good neighbor, you know, be there for him, you know, in the good times and in the bad times. Um, and so, uh, you know, be, be the one that, that, that shows them love. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, cause that, that, that's really what, what, uh, you know, what, um, Joseph did, you know, in the good and the bad times, he was there to listen. He noticed that the, that the cupbearer and the, and the baker were downcast. He noticed that they were upset about something. And so he goes out of his way and says, Hey, what's up? Like, why are you so upset about, about whatever is going on? Like, what, how can I help you talk to me? I mean, and you know, for sometimes, sometimes even such a simple act as just being, being, you know, having, being an ear to listen or being a shoulder to cry on, you know, even a, such a simple act is, is oftentimes all it takes to make all the difference in the world. Um, and so, you know, uh, you know, what, um, that, 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 that's, that's you know, what we as Christians are called to do. And, 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 you know, you as, as listeners to the all the more podcasts, one thing you can do for, you know, for those other people that, that, you know, might need some, some, uh, some guidance is share the all the more podcast. Um, I mean, you know, as a shameless plug, like, like you just, Hey, um, there are these two crazy guys, Levi and Aaron, they, um, poke at one another all, all the time and, and, and talk about, you know, pretty cool stuff. So, you know, share the podcast with them, uh, you know, on, on Facebook, Twitter, you know, whatever social media or, you know, send them a, you know, send them a direct link or, or whatever it is. I mean, you just, you know, uh, sh- share that with them and you know, not just for our own podcast to grow, but for them, you know, so they can have some, some spiritual growth, maybe some spiritual exposure, uh, to the, to the gospel. Um, because, you know, they may not get it elsewhere and you could be the very, uh, the very, um, vessel to bring it to them you know you you know uh you you would be doing god's work by sharing the gospel with them not and and you don't do it wouldn't even have to mention the podcast you could be out go out of your own way and say hey jesus loves you and i do too so you know let me help you um and because uh, I mean that 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 that's that's you know why we're here is to encourage you to do God's work, um, and to help you better understand what God would have you to do. Uh, so, um, you know, be be like Joseph, be the be the eyes and the ears that 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 uh that God would have you to be. You know, be open to using the abilities God has naturally given you and naturally blessed you to have. Uh, you know, so that when the time comes you'll be ready to, ready to, to help whoever it is that God puts in your path. Because as I've said before, and I'll say it again, you know, that God works all things for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. So God can use whatever choices we make to work out his glorious plan. So until next time, guys, keep on searching out scriptural truths all the more. for listening to the all the more podcast if you like what you've heard or are interested in other related content head on over to all the more.com that's all the more with two o's.com don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on itunes stitcher or your other favorite podcasting app until next time keep on searching out scriptural truths all the more